that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you have called us together as your people, found in you, Christ Jesus. Help us to see ourselves that way. Help us to give the burden to you when we all too often wish to carry it ourselves. Help us to learn from you that we might walk with you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please be seated. The lectionary, that is the assigned readings for the church calendar, jumps this week. And it jumps from the beginning um, of chapter 11 to verse 25. And it does so because we're following what it means to be in the kingdom of God. And so we usually go through this text with John the Baptist at another point in the church year. Um, But I think that... It's also done intentionally to show us not just the weight of the gospel, which we've been talking about for the last few weeks, the weight of the kingdom, right? You recall, we've been going through Jesus' speech to the twelve, and Jesus has said to the twelve that they will be persecuted. Jesus has said to the 12 that they'll be confronted. Jesus last week said to the 12 apostles that he comes to bring a sword. And the sword cuts and divides and creates division and, and, and that the gospel itself does this, right? It cuts through relationships. It cuts through national identities. And it cuts down into the depths of our hearts, even through our very souls, which we continue talking about in the Romans passage today. But he does so for a purpose. And that purpose is what we're talking about today, about the fact that being in Jesus, that being a Christian, a Christ follower, is to have a light burden and an easy yoke. Now, I have to confess to you, As I was reading this text this week, and actually I had a wonderful week, I was up in Michigan on a little vacation with Leah, um, up in Holland, her old alma mater, and uh, along the coast there. But as I was looking at the text, thinking about what I was going to preach on, I found myself saying, yeah, right, back to Jesus. 
Do you find at least a little part of your soul kind of twinging as you hear that? Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You think to yourself, yeah, right. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're holier than me. You know, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully you're further along than me. But um, that kind of response to these words, I think, bespeaks a misunderstanding of this text, but it also bespeaks something that's wrong in each and all of us, even as Christ followers. The fact is that too often we see not just our lives, but our lives in Jesus as a heavy burden. And look, Jesus isn't making light of the burdens that we bear. That's not the point here. He's not saying, hey, if you follow me, everything's going to be all right, everything's going to be fine, and you know, it'll be peaches and cream, and you'll never have any confrontation. Right? We know he's not saying that because he's just spent a whole chapter saying it's going to be persecution, it's going to be confrontation, it's going to be division. And yet, here he comes back and says, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. So I think we're meant to struggle with what does this mean? And as we look at the text today, I want to say to you, life is hard. And I want to say to you that being a follower of Jesus is hard. And I don't need to tell some of you that being persecuted and confronted is hard. And yet, Jesus promises us an easy burden, a light yoke. But let's look at the text, and let's look at what Jesus is saying to us today. I want to put forth this idea that if we look at the three action words in today's gospel, they give us some insight into what Jesus means by a light burden and an easy yoke. Those three action words, what are they? Open up with me in your text and take a look. Or in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. But actually, I want you to look from only verse 28 to verse 30. Verse 28 to verse 30. Jesus is giving instructions to his disciples. Not just to the 12, but to us. What does he say? What are the action verbs here? Number one, come. What's another one? Take. What's the third one? What's that? Okay, there's more than three. Give us one, yes. You just went and blew my three-point essay, English teacher. Come on. (laughs) Yes, give us one, but that's not the one I'm looking for. Learn, learn. Come, take, learn. What does it mean to be a Christ follower and have a light burden? It means to come to Christ. It means to take what he has to give. And it means to learn from him. And so what does all of that mean for us in our lives? We call these the comfortable words. We say them after the confession almost every week in the Holy Communion service. What does it mean to come to Jesus? Well, 
the great gift is that Jesus offers for us to come. We cannot come before the throne of God except as a son or daughter washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We can only do this by his desire. But Jesus doesn't just desire it here. It's much more emphatic in the Greek. Dute pros me pontes, Jesus says in the Greek. Come to me all, literally. Come to me all. It's an imperative. It's a command. So it's much more than just an invitation. It's a command. Why? It's a command out of love. Just as you, to a child, to your son or daughter, or a grandchild, or a nephew or niece, might say to them after they tripped and skinned their knee, come, come to me. I'll wipe it off. I'll put iodine on it. Right? That's, that stings a little bit, yeah. Sometimes it does sting a little bit, doesn't it? But we say, come, come to me because you need me. You need my help. I'll help you if you come to me. Come to me. To see it's a command of love. And there's more. The command of love is to all who are weary, to all who are tired, to all who are exhausted, to all who are spent. It's how you feel at the end of a rough week where you've been beaten up, maybe physically, but certainly emotionally, mentally, you're just tired. Jesus says, come. And then there's the promise. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. The actual word here is anapaso, anapaso, meaning I will give you rest. I will let you cease movement. I will let you stop and I will refresh you. That's all wrapped in that Greek word. But it's a word that's used with industrial people. Those of you that have ever worked in a factory or on a farm or doing something with your hands know what it's like to be toiling all day. And Jesus says, using a word particularly for the workmen here, come and I will give you rest. I'll make it stop. I'll cease your toil. See, it's not just, you know, like slacking off and, you know, laying down in your armchair at the end of the week. It's that I will give you stillness. How many of us want stillness? How many of us need stillness? Right? Jesus promises that. That's the rest that he gives to cease. I must say, that sometimes I find this difficult, even when it's given to me as a Christian, that oftentimes I find myself busying myself or thinking or having anxiety and looking at the next task of the day or the week or the month. I'm not good enough to look at the month. Leah looks at the month and has anxiety over that. My brain is not developed enough to do that. It's usually the day or the week. But I have to confess to you that even when God gives me that rest, I often don't want to take it. 
I often flip out the phone or open the laptop and start paging through the Facebook feed and start looking at my calendar and start, you know, cease, stop. Jesus says, that's part of the gift that I give to you. Part of the reason that we don't use technology in our services, by the way, <laughs> because it's a ceasing of that. You look at it all week. And yet, ourselves fight against that rest. I'm convinced that it's partly due to our culture, but also partly to something that's a perennial problem for we as human beings. It's part of what St. Paul's addressing in Romans 7.23 there. That there's a part of us that rebels and flees Jesus even when he's trying to help us. Like the child that doesn't want to come to the parent to have the wound addressed. We run from Christ sometimes because our human nature doesn't want it. Look at verse 27 of Romans. I'm sorry. Verse 23 of Romans 7, rather. St. Paul says, But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched men that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? But then he doesn't end there. Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And what he's saying there is that with my flesh, with my nature, with part of me that is still unredeemed, although it's been bought with a price of Jesus Christ, it still struggles against the will of Christ. Do you find that in your experience? That I do the things that I don't want to do, as St. Paul says elsewhere, right? That I fight against God's will, even when I know it that I don't rest even when I'm given it. I think that's what Paul's getting at there, amongst other things. There's a lot going on theologically there. But he knows that this is one of our battles. And so all the more is important is the promise of Christ and the command of Christ to come and to take rest. Jesus tells you with this that he cares. He tells you that he cares enough to make a promise and keep it. Bishop R.C., uh, Bishop J.C. Ryle, rather, writes this. He was a 19th century bishop of Liverpool, and he writes on this topic and says, All who feel a load on their heart of which they would fain to get free, a load of sin or a load of sorrow, a load of anxiety or a load of remorse, all whatsoever they may be, and whatsoever their past lives, all such are invited to come to Christ. He wants your junk, friends, quite simply. He wants your garbage. You know, one of the uh, lessons that I go through on, in First Communion with the kids is that Jesus is the cosmic garbage truck in the sense that he wants you to put your junk out on the curb so that he can pick it up and take it away. He wants to, you to be rid of it. He wants to free you from that. He wants your nonsense. He wants your irrational feelings. He wants your real fears, your real issues. 
He wants your worries about your job, about your finance, about your health, the pain that you might have of regret, of things that you didn't do right, things where you fell short. He wants your frustrations, those daily things that just get to you. He wants your sorrow, those things that weigh you down deep in the secret places in your heart that you don't dare share with anybody. He wants that. But we have to come to him so that he can take it. And that's not all, because we come to him and then he gives us something in return. What is it? Well, of course, it's eternal salvation. But in today's gospel, we're talking about a yoke. He offers in return a yoke. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What's a yoke? You know, Leah and I were talking about this. She even texted one of her relatives that lives out in the country and said, do you have a yoke? And the relative said, what's a yoke? I don't know what that is. You might need to talk to an Amish person or something. You know what a yoke is? Yeah, okay, some of you do. It, it, it's, it's like this bar with two rings in it, right? So picture a wooden, bar, a wooden bar with two rings that hang from it. And what you do is you put the heads of two oxen into it, right? And so the, the heads of the oxen go into it, and then a rope goes back from the bar, kind of like a harness, so that they can pull and labor. Jesus says, I want to give you that. Doesn't that sound great? Wait, it is. You see, what Jesus is saying here is that I will give you my yoke, which is light. Why is the yoke light? Because who's in the other iron next to you? Jesus Christ. Think about that for a second. So you have to walk this path anyway. You have to go through this life anyhow. Wouldn't it be better if instead of throwing all of that stuff on your back and lumbering down the path, you had someone who could help you? Ah, there's Pelagianism. Jesus doesn't just help you. He does more than that. Sorry, that's a seminary joke. Uh, Pelagianism is the, the heresy that says that Jesus just assists us to help us do what we need to do. We know that that's not biblical, that Jesus, in fact, takes the whole load. And that's the yoke that he gives us. That's why it's light, because it, I want you to picture this. It's like this giant ox on one side of the yoke and this little puppy dog on the other side of the yoke whose feet can't even touch the ground. <laughs> That's what the yoke's like that Jesus offers us. Jesus puts his head through that side of the yoke and pulls and pulls and pulls along, and we just kind of go along for the ride. Because that's how Christ works in us in the Holy Spirit. It's how he makes our burdens light. Yes, we still go through the burdens of life. Yes, we still walk the paths. Yes, we still go through the hard times. But we're not pulling. 
It's Christ pulling within us. It's Christ working within us. It's Christ changing us. What's the next thing he says? Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus here is saying, friends, is that the yoke is more a tool of teaching than a tool of labor. Yes, there's work in the Christian faith, and yet Christ pulls the full load. Now, what else does the yoke do? Maybe if a yoke's bad, think of a dog harness. Did any of you know or have those double dog harnesses, right, where the leash goes down and there's two ends to it? Um, when I was dating Leah, we used to go for walks with um, Rondo and Solar, her dogs, and Solar was a very good dog. She would always walk at the right tempo and straight down the path. Rondo, on the other hand, oh my gosh, all over the place, left, right, uh, you know, too fast, too slow. And what would happen was that the yoke would, would or the, uh, the leash would just pull and choke her <laughs> as, the, as Solar and I walked along at the right pace. It would pull her along. She had a little bit of freedom, but she made it so much worse when she was trying to go outside of the bounds of, of, the, co- of the, uh, the leash. Sometimes I think we're like that. Sometimes we're like that dog, Rondo, pulling at the leash. But Christ walks that line, and he shows us the way. And so he instructs us and shows us the path, and he takes us along at the right speed, and we say, no, no, I want to run over here. Squirrel, I want to run over here, right? When Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy and my burden's light, he's saying, I'm pulling for you. And not just that, come and learn from me, for I'm gentle. I'll instruct you. I'll show you. Imitate me. Just walk along next to me. You don't even have to pull anything. That's the light burden that he promises. That's the rest that he promises to us that are toiling through life. That's good news, isn't it? That's not something to scoff at. That's not something to react to and twinge to. What's this mean? The rest and the yoke are two pictures of the same blessing, Linsky says, a Lutheran scholar. The rest and the yoke are two pictures of the same blessing. The problem is that we talk talk ourselves out of it constantly and try to pull along out of line with God or ahead of God in some cases, and we don't track along with him. To take the yoke is to take off the backpack, to take off the burden and give it to Jesus. To learn from him is what he asks. It's not something, however, that you can come to at your own leisure, notice. A yoke is not a classroom. A yoke is not a once-off seminar. A yoke is not a book that you can read and master and be done with. A 
A yoke is something that walks with you every day of your life. And far from being a terrible thing, that is a wonderful thing, friends. George MacDonald writes this, the Scottish minister, one of the influence of C.S. Lewis. He said, the Lord Jesus, by freeportant communion, with their innermost being, will change his obedient brethren till every thought, every impulse that are good like him, unselfish, neighborly, brotherly like him, loving the Father and perfectly like him, ready to die for the truth like him, caring like him for nothing in the universe but the will of God, which is love, harmony, and liberty. That's what Jesus will transfer us and bring us into when we submit to the light yoke of Christ. We do everything in God's company and presence anyway, friends. It's so much better for us to walk along next to him on the track. Come, says Jesus. Take, says Jesus. Learn, says Jesus. Amen.